Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Down to Earth with Harriet Kamek. So glad that you joined us this morning on this Friday the 13th edition. Do you realize that it's almost Halloween? My favorite holiday. Like, it's almost Halloween, and I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. I feel incredibly, incredibly blessed to be here to tell you that this is Friday the 13th, and that we're almost into Halloween. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. So, it's Friday the 13th, and my daughter was getting dressed, and she borrowed my lipstick. This is my lipstick. See, this is my lip color, right? So she's like, I want a vampy look to look like yours do, mom. So needless to say that that is no history because that lipstick is gone. Because typically when she borrows something, borrow, borrow means I've taken it. And I, I don't usually see it again. I don't usually get a chance to see it again. One morning she was, wor she was hurrying. And apparently, this was several months ago, and all of the lip glosses and lipsticks that I had been missing for more than a year, she actually apparently dumped her makeup back and I found them all. But they didn't matter at that point because they were all used up. And I was like, dang it, so this is where this went. So she's wearing my lip color. She's probably wearing my jewelry, probably wearing my dress. And she is dinging me. Oh my gosh, I tell you, what, what, what's a person to do? It, it's unbelievable. So it's Friday the 13th. And uh, I thought I'd come to you this morning and bring you some sort of hope, right? And to talk a little bit as we go through this weekend. Uh, I know we have de we're developing some trepidation surrounding going through weekends because we had a tumultuous summer. Uh, I mean, our summer was defined by mass shootings. I mean, summer is typically a time when we sit back and drop everything and go through summer just so that because it's the time when you can literally do nothing and get away with doing nothing as we prepare for the fall season and winter and so on. But they didn't give us that chance this summer. As soon as we thought that we had it going on as soon as we thought you know we had some sort of control over it then the mass shooters decided to march out and they decided that they were going to show us that they're in charge so now surrounding the weekends we're like okay okay so it's a weekend okay so nowadays everybody's going to a big box store like monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday no saturdays involved so the big box stores are all issuing statements saying, please do not bring your weapons into our stores. No, it's open carry, but we would appreciate if you don't. Instead of saying, look, if you bring this up in here, I'm going to call the cops and have you escorted out. That would have been my approach because I think that's most effective. But we're taking this stand that we do not, as a community, want to violate the rules of the community. Part of the problem with our society today is because you don't, there's no one in charge, right? The perception is that there's no one in charge. There's nobody standing up and saying, look, this is wrong. And it's wrong every day, all day. There's a guy down in Texas. I'm beginning to like him. Beto O'Rourke. I like how he just says it. It is what it is. 
You know what I mean? I'm beginning to, and I'm like, that's what we need to do. That's why sometimes I don't mind listening to Donald Trump because he'll just tell you. I mean, he's off the cuff more often than not. I, you know, I don't know that there's a lot of thought that goes into what he says, but sometimes he's just like, look, somebody has to call it. In, in today's world, everything is so politically correct and we don't want to violate the rules of the community because we offend everyone. Look, it is life. And people are going to take offense even when there is no offense. That's just the truth. We can't walk around on eggshells and violate the safety of everyone else because we don't want to offend one person. It's crazy. Do you see what I mean? You're walking into a big box store with a gun. Somebody needs to tell you, look, you're making everyone else in here feel unsafe. Take yourself out, put your gun in your car. If you want to feel powerful, drive around with your gun in your car, but don't come in here with a gun because you make everyone else feel unsafe. But no, one person, we don't want to violate the rules of the community. This political correctness is crazy. And it is so out of line. My God, it's somebody needs, we need to grow up. Most of us, we need to grow up. There's some growing left to do. We need to be able to have a handle on what is causing the violence in the society. And whilst the violence comes from lack of severe gun control measures, because that's what it takes to keep people safe. We need more austere gun control measures because after all, we are going to violate the rules of the community by the social rules of engagement that says we don't want to offend anyone. I am sorry, you're going to be offended anyway, but you can't walk around with your gun. You, one person walking around with your gun is okay and the rest of us are not feeling safe. Do you see what I'm saying? So with that in mind, <laughs> with that in mind, looks like I have a mustache on. I don't. I don't know why it looks like that. But it's the camera. But with that in mind, I wanna uh, I wanna talk about what I wanna talk about today. So it's Fearless Friday, and I want us to enter into this weekend fearlessly, not in anticipation of anything going wrong, knowing that yeah they might pull something, but we're not gonna face that. We're not gonna live in that fear because what if it doesn't happen, right? There is nothing to fear but fear itself. We can't live in fear because fear is dangerous. Fear is anti-progressive, right? When you live in fear, you tend to view everything else through a different spectrum. And we have to, when you think of the rules of the community, if people really want to go there and talk about the rules of the community and how everyone else feels safe, there are people for whom an active hovering spirit of fear that hovers over everyone actually pushes some people into anxiety and depression. So while you're looking at one little guy whom you don't want to offend, right? Because that one little guy is someone whom uh, you want to protect his rights. At the same time, you're causing a whole lot of other people to live in fear. Think about that the next time some of these folks get so politicized and so politically correct 
that they seem to be off the rails in saying, oh, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. We don't want to offend anybody's feelings because everybody has a right and everybody this and everybody that. Yeah, but what about the people who live in so much fear that they end up living in depression, right? Let me see what somebody is over here. I feel safe when I see someone carrying a gun in a store like Walmart. <laughs> Raven Bishop, I don't think, I, 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 I don't think, uh, you fear leftist liberal Democrats. You feel safe when you see someone carrying a gun in a Walmart. Okay, that makes you feel safe. It doesn't make me and most of us feel safe. Because that person is not a trained law enforcement person. That is why. And they're more what they perceive to be a likely case of, the, of self-defense for them or whom they anticipate is a danger to them is probably someone looking like me. So that does not make us all feel safe. So I just want to put that out there, right? Right. So I want to talk today about the best is yet to come. And just so you know, while you're here, come Sunday. On Sunday, uh, we will be having Sunday morning inspiration. You join me on Sunday morning. And uh, we will be praying for people with cancer. Yes, I believe in prayer. And yes, I believe that prayer works. So if this is a message for you, then it is for you. If it is not, then that's fine. Thank you for listening. But come Sunday morning, I will be praying for people who have been recently diagnosed with cancer or people who are actually undergoing treatments for cancer. So while the rest of us are concerned with political correctness, there are people who are actually feeling pain. There are families who are splintered, families facing loss. And there are folks who are actually worrying about what is going to happen because their family members have recently been diagnosed with cancer. So this Sunday morning, starting at 10 a.m., I'm inviting you all, if you choose to, fine. If it's not for you, tell someone else. It might be for someone else. You might just be curious about whether this prayer thing works or not. For me, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. So make sure you tune in and join us. So today I want to talk about the best is yet to come. I want to leave this Friday leaving you with a message of hope, with, with a story on hope, so that as we go through the weekend, we are not caught up and we are not worried about the events of our time. We're not worried about what could happen, what might happen, what might not happen. We're not going to speculate on the danger seen and unseen. What we're going to think about and focus on is the good that can happen, right? So, uh, uh, so you're asking me if some women carry guns to feel safe? Yes, some women carry guns to feel safe, but they're not actively walking into a place where it is displayed to make anyone feel unsafe. And women do carry guns to feel safe. There are women in law enforcement. There are women who are not in law enforcement. If it makes you feel safe, but do not carry your guns. If I see you in Walmart and you're not a member or Target or any big box store or any public space for that matter, and you are not a member of law enforcement and you're walking around with a gun, you do not make me feel safe. And I think that's how most of us feel because you're not trained to respond to situations of crisis. And, you know, the security forces are not about to go train everybody in that because that's not what is required. 
and it comes back to just because it's you feel like it's your right doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. So it is for me, it is what it is. It's not, I don't want to go into the public and see someone walking around who is not a member of the police or the sheriff or the FBI or other security forces or even the security guard for crying out loud. You're not trained to respond to the public. You're not trained to anticipate or to look at people and perceive who is a likely threat. You're just not trained to respond in a moment of crisis. So I'm not going to be comfortable with you walking around with your open carry. No. That's why we have a problem with homicide in this country. So that's how I feel, right? So I want to talk about the best is yet to come. And I felt like, I feel like this might not be for everyone. Raven, this might not even be a message for you. You may not even like this, right? But this, and I know you're looking at me like, seriously, (laughs) right? But seriously, right? But this is a message for someone that your best is yet to come. I know how life can attack most of us. And you're, you're looking and listening to someone. For those of you who are streaming by YouTube, you can see me streaming live and by Twitter and Periscope. I know that for most of us, we've all been through seasons in our lives. Uh, We've had seasons and we've had seasons. Life is filled with peaks and valleys. Life is up and down, literally all the time. There have been times when I've been on the mountaintop and there are times when I've been in the valley. And I have found that your staying power comes not when you're on the mountaintop because we can all celebrate when we're on the mountaintop we can high five everyone we can jump in celebration but your staying power comes when you're deep down in the valley and sometimes you just need something to cling to some message some hope it could come in the form of a text message from a friend it could come in the form of an email you could be driving down the street and something on a billboard just suddenly grabs your attention and gives you a chance to look at something outside of the situation that you're faced in. Well, today, this is your message. Uh, The song, The Best is Yet to Come, there are many versions of it. I mean, there are, I think Frank Sinatra sang one version of it. But I'm thinking of it from years ago when I was going through abuse and a woman named Martha Munezi is a, is, a, is a singer, is a Christian singer in, I think she's in Florida still. And she sang this song at a church service. It could not have come at a darker time. My ex-husband was beating me up. We were going through such a rough time. I didn't know whether I was going to make it from here to there. And I, kept hear, and I kept saying to myself, these people are nuts and crazy. How could you focus on the best is yet to come in the midst of this valley that I was going through? It didn't seem like there was any hope. It didn't seem like I could ever get out of the situation I was in. I kid you not. And I heard the song, The Best is Yet to Come. And something in the song moved me. And I realized, I learned something. When you're going through a valley, You can't focus 
on the stuff that you're going through. You can't look at the bad thing that you're going through because if you do it, what it does is it minimizes you. You all of a sudden, all you're focused on is this thing. It's as if the sum total of your life, the whole part of you is suddenly just a part, just this one little thing, this one experience that you're going through. And so I learned that I had to stay focused on the bigger picture. I learned that it was more important during that valley to think of myself in the future. So I began to focus. I began to project. And if I found that as I looked, took my eye off the situation, it's almost like you're going around a corner. You can't exactly see what's around the corner. For all you know, there could be someone broken down around the corner in the middle of the street. But you feel like if you could just see around the corner, you can make it out of the bend. Well, that's what happens when you're going through a bad situation. If you can just look around the corner, you'll be able to see that there is life at the end of the tunnel. There is a light that you can cling to. I want you to find that light. It's very important that you have a focus and you have a light that you can focus on. This is why I say build yourself up so that when something goes wrong in your life, you have some kind of hope, some kind of message, some kind of foundation to build on. Don't wait for something bad to happen for you to determine what's my good thing, what can I cling to. Have something in the meantime, build it up. This is why I say every day, live your life with purpose. Have something to focus on. Have a greater purpose than your situation. It doesn't matter if you live in an apartment. It doesn't matter if you live in a hovel. It doesn't matter if you live in a basement. It doesn't matter if you and 10 other members of your family are sharing a one-bedroom apartment or a two-bedroom house. It does not matter. None of that moves me, and it shouldn't move you. What matters is how you finish. What matters is what are you focused on. And if you can find yourself focus, focusing on that part of your life, what you will find is that you will make it because there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I tell you every day when you get up and you look in the mirror, you need to remind yourself of that light. You need to remind yourself that there is hope right around the corner. It doesn't matter if the corner in my story took three years for me to come out of it three years in which I experienced dark, dark, hopeless situations. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you focus and start looking for a way out of it, even if you have to go through it. There are some things in life. I am not here to pontificate and tell you that life is full of golden clouds and every day is a fluffy cloud and we're all floating on this fluffy cloud out there. That's not life. That's not realistic, and that's not a realistic portrayal. What matters, what is real, and what is true is that we will have moments when we're up, and we'll have moments when we're down. And sometimes when you're down, seems to last longer than when you're up. I often say that people tell you, be happy. And happiness is fleeting, it's momentary. It, it, it's, a, it, it's one time when you feel happy, it's a momentary occasion. But what do you do the rest of time? Do you just sit there and mope around or do you focus on stuff? It is very important for all of us to live our lives with purpose. 
it is very important that you are at all times you have something to look forward to, something that grabs your attention, something that keeps you up at night, something that motivates you to be your best self. Even in the midst of adversity, you might be in college and you have to share a dorm with someone who is perhaps not, you know, in keeping with what you would like to do, but you got to focus on the four-year degree that you're going to attain and how empowered you will be when you have had that four-year degree. If you have to look at it from that perspective, you might have to live in a small house, save up your money until you can make a down payment on a big house. But you can't, while you're living in the small house, don't give up hope. You have to tell yourself that I'm saving towards the bigger thing. Do you see what I'm saying? So you start out in entry level in your job, but you know that you have the skills and the qualifications to run the company someday, but you have to start somewhere. In our society today, it's not popular to tell people that they have to start somewhere. In fact, what they want you to believe is that everyone starts from the top. That's not true and that's not realistic. It doesn't work like that. You have to start from the bottom up. And in fact, you're a much better person. You're much more rounded. You have more skills. <clears throat> and what happens is when you get to that point, you're able to share with someone else how to that they can make it. Isn't it amazing how we sometimes forget what matters in life? We, we focus on the minuscule, like it's, it's Friday the 13th. Typically, people get spooked out and so on. And we, we, what we, to do, we tend to do is to extract the good out of it, right? We, we, we want to focus on, well, it's approaching Halloween. We might as well start getting putting the pumpkins out and putting the scarecrows out. That's one way to look at it. And that's probably a very healthy perspective. I like to look at it from that point of view. It's kind of like a pun on the worst that could happen. But you know what I'm not going to do? What I have, I have chosen not to do is to focus on, well, it is Friday the 13th. Bad things do happen on Friday the 13th. Something could terribly go wrong. No, I'm going to live my life to the fullest every day. And that's how I want you to live. This is why I'm telling you, if you can tell yourself, even in the midst of the worst situation, look, I'm just going to tell it like this. When my marriage was ending, and being married is a good thing. It's good to have a spouse, a partner, especially if someone loves you and, you know, the marriage is working well. That's an ideal thing to have, right? But when my marriage was ending, I kid you not, I had to tell myself over and over that the best is yet to come. Whether the best was defined by having a spouse who loved me, haven't you haven't had that yet, right? Or whether the best, my best life, is yet to come. So even though it looked good what I was in, I mean, I had a nice, you know, home and money in the bank and, you know, that kind of thing, stability, financial and economic stability. But guess what? That was not going to be the sum total of my life. I kept hearing and telling myself the best is yet to come. When everything threatened that stability, I kept telling myself the best is yet to come. When I had to lose it, and turned the keys over to the realtor to sell the house so we could get out of Vermont so I could run away. I literally ran away from it. I had to tell myself the best is yet to come. When I had to put the kids in the car and drive to a Motel 6 from a house in a three-car in a, in a three garage house in a, in a gated community, I had to tell myself the best is yet to come. 
And that's the message that I want. If you are at work today hearing this, and if they just gave you a pink slip and tell you they don't want you anymore, tell yourself the best is yet to come. If you just got a text message from someone you cared about or loved, and they told you they don't want you anymore, the best is yet to come. If they just told you, come get your stuff out of my house, I don't want you anymore, I don't wanna see you anymore, tell yourself the best is yet to come. If you just got denied a loan for your business that you desperately need to keep afloat, trust me, I'm a business owner myself, the best is yet to come. If they just told you they're foreclosing on your property, tell them, just you see that message, the best is yet to come. If you just got denied a credit card because you need that so you can pay your next semester of college, the best is yet to come. And if you can tell yourself that what happens is it drags your focus off the negativity of the current situation so that you can project and look to the future. So now your mind is going to go places and it's going to investigate and you're going to find yourself doing searches to find what alternatives exist. Recently, people come to me all the time looking for shelter. And when I tell them you have to start somewhere, it works for some people and it doesn't work for others. Some people don't want to hear that. Some people want to hear that I have a house and I'm going to move you and I'm going to put you right smack in a house. But that's not how the story ends. For some people, you have to go into the shelter. You have to get there because when you get there, there are programs that provide assistance. They're going to give you programs that help you to get a job. They're going to put you in housing that it's a start. Start somewhere there for, but tell yourself even while you're going through that, the best is yet to come. You might not get the car that you want. But tell yourself, the best is yet to come. You might get a hoopty, but tell yourself, at least I won't be standing on the street corner. I won't be have to stand on the street corner and wait for a bus to come or take my, uh, take my safety in a lift. The best is yet to come. It is some sort of ride-sharing service. Do you see what I'm saying, right? And so often, even if you get a note that you're going to lose your building, that this is a building that you work from or this is a building where your whole family benefits from. Tell yourself the best is yet to come. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't some culpability that you might have had. We all are going to sit down and say, well, how did I contribute to this? The goal of that exercise should be an examination of what went wrong and how I can save, save that and prevent that from in the future. That's what the goal of that should be. Right? The goal should not be you beating up on yourself in an effort to reverse the situation. Once it's done, it's done. It's just like in a relationship. There are some places that once a line is crossed, it's irrevocable. You can't retract it. But what you can do is the way you think about something. Sometimes what happens to us is not as bad as how we think about it. It's how we think about it. When, and it's hard while you're going through it, to imagine that I could have thought about it better. I've often asked myself that question. Was there something I could have done to prevent it? But at the time, you have to ask yourself, be honest with yourself. At the time, what are the choices did you have? What are the ways and mechanisms could you have utilized 
that could have changed it. Not much. Is Are there? Not much. So now that this has come about, you have to tell yourself the best is yet to come. You could have been married for 20 years, 27 years. And all of a sudden, the man you've been married to, he suddenly doesn't find you attractive. He doesn't want you anymore. In fact, you know something is going on because he's busy looking at other people, even in your presence. Tell yourself, while you're looking at him with his spinning bald plate and his paunchy belly, you tell yourself, the best is yet to come. And ladies and gentlemen, the best is really yet to come, right? So focus in on what is good. Focus in on what is achievable what you can do to recover. And in the meantime, go to my website, harrietkemick.com and theexodusfoundation.com. This is a listener-supported broadcast. So help us to stay on air and help us. So go to theexodusfoundation.com and provide us with a a donation. We're duly eligible for that. Thank you so much, everybody.